0: Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. Okay, hey guys. I um, just finished listening to one of the, well, the most recent episode of another podcast that is about Girl Scouts. If you haven't checked it out, I do recommend it. It's called All Things Girl Scouts. And they do about one episode a month or so lately, um, which, I mean, mine's been really consistent this summer as well so who knows maybe during school year they'll uh, pick it up and be a little bit more frequent anyway um they just they usually do episodes that are a little bit more tangible than what i have focused on so far so things like uh, group agreements and like different methods for making a campfire and um of those kind of details that I don't necessarily normally get into on this podcast. Um but they just released an episode that is about building strong relationships with girls. And I loved it. I think that there's a lot of really good information and um I definitely recommend that you go listen to it. But I also wanted to put my two cents in about building strong relationships with girls as an adult volunteer. So a few weeks ago, or maybe even a couple of months ago at this point, I remember seeing a post in one of those Girl Scout Facebook groups from somebody who had just finished up their first year of being a troop leader, and she had, I think, fourth and fifth graders, if I remember correctly. And she had asked them at the end of the year, do you guys feel like you are Girl Scout sisters? And they said no. And she said, do you feel like Girl Scouts is, like, a troop family like our troop is like a Girl Scout family and they said no and she said did you have fun this year and they said something like sure or not really or something you know very fourth and fifth grade (laughs) appropriate and she was feeling really disheartened and feeling like she didn't know if she was doing a good job and how is she supposed to measure whether or not she's doing a good job and she was just trying to keep up with what her Girl Scout training and the toolkit and um, everything like that what what she was being told she was supposed to do. She felt like she was doing those things, maybe even felt like she was going above and beyond those things, and um, just wasn't even sure if she was having the impact that she would hope for. And I don't know if any of you guys out there can relate. I thought it was very relatable. I did not initially respond to her post. A lot of other people did. So I did not initially respond to her post, but then i was working on a project for myself i put together a photo album of pictures from every single major event my troop has done and several of my favorite photos from various troop meetings and and things like that over the years we're going into the fourth year of our troop being together my, my current troop being together and it occurred to me that I was in a place where or I am in a place where I can look at any picture from our Girl Scout troop, whether I took it or not, but especially if I took it and I can identify who's in the photo, what grade they were in at the time, what event it was and, or where we were, what we were working on. Um, and I had a rough idea of the month even that it took place. Sometimes, I wasn't sure about the month but i knew the year at least and i knew what grade the girls were in and who was in it and what we were doing and um it occurred to me that going into the fourth year like at some point i'm gonna hit a wall where i'm not gonna remember that anymore you know i'm not even if it's you know while the troops still together and just getting confused about what year was this from wow she looked so little like was that the first year or was that three years in hard to say when they're 18 and they're graduating right a third grader and a fifth grader that isn't your own kid, like the same kid in third or fifth grade that isn't your own kid, it might be difficult to kind of tell like exactly which grade they were in and which picture and so on. So what I did was I put together this photo album. I got a big photo album from Amazon that holds like 600 pictures. And it's not completely full. I still have room probably for one more year for this this next Girl Scout year to go in the same album, which is pretty cool. I went ahead and I, I got prints made um, of every single, not every single photo, but my favorite photos from every single time period of our troupe since its beginning. And I labeled the back of every photo with the month and the year, what we were doing, where we were, what girls are in the photo, and what grades they're in. And I labeled every single one, and I put them in chronological order, and I put little labels for when the year turned over or when the um, school year, a new school year started or something like that so I could have, like, kind of dividers. Um, And as I was putting this together, it was a really cool experience. I actually recommend it if you – have a bunch of pictures and they're not printed out already, you could either get like a a photo book or like, you know, one of those bound books that the pictures are actually printed onto the page. Um, You could use like Shutterfly or something like that. I'll link to a couple of photo book options in the um, show notes. I personally love having the physical book with the labels, um, all on the backside of the physical pictures. I just really like that. I love my mom did that when I was growing up, obviously she had significantly fewer photos because it was actual film then. But, um, she labeled the back with all the kids' names and what grades we were in and and what was going on in the photos. So when I flipped through old photo albums from when I was growing up, it's one of, one of my favorite activities to do with my mom anyway. I just thought that was pretty cool, um, a cool idea. And as I was putting it together, I really took like a journey down memory lane. And I know that there's a little bit of stigma attached to being more present and less focused on taking photos. Like don't be so focused on your camera or your phone and, and put it down and just be present. And I think that there's something to be said for that. But I also think that there's something really to be said for capturing photos of memories. And it's such a beautiful thing that with today's technology, we have such access to taking photos. And I found that I could look at photos, and I could really be transported to that time, even maybe the moment that the photo was taken. But if not that specific, then at least to the day of, I remember how I felt. And I remember, what my interactions with the girls were like and what my relationships with the girls were like and how I felt toward the girls in that picture on that day. And it really transported me to this out-of-body experience sort of of like, I remember being there in that moment and experiencing this time with those kids. And I ended up actually going back and seeking out that same person's post on Facebook about not knowing how she was doing after her first year and not sure if the kids have fun. Because I could look back at the photos from my first year, even the end of my first year of being a troop leader and think it was a little bit awkward. It was a little bit forced at times. I had so much affection for these girls. They amazed me from the first night I met them, right? They were so smart and funny and Creative and their personalities were so individual and unique, and it was a bunch of kids I didn't know, right? And I really enjoyed them. I loved Girl Scouts. I loved being a troop leader in the big picture. But there were things socially that were awkward and a little uncomfortable at times, and definitely a little bit forced. And there's no way at the end of the first year of being a troop leader, I would have told the girls I loved them, even if I felt it uh, or thought it, I wouldn't have said it because I wouldn't have wanted to make them uncomfortable. I still felt a little bit like they don't know me, right? And some of them I knew better than others, just depending on who had the most attendance, who came to the most cookie booths, things like that. But anyway, I remember distinctly feeling like that. Now, flash forward, Two more years and by the end of the third year the girls and i share i love yous with each other fairly regularly i let them know how much i appreciate them and how much i adore them and the affection that i feel for them and it is mutual and it's not uncomfortable and it's not forced now when we have new girls who join i definitely it takes a little bit of time to establish a relationship with that girl but it's different because that girl is being brought into a sisterhood and a family that girl is being brought into a culture that's already been established where there's so much love and affection and also if that's if that's the only girl or if there's only a couple of girls that i don't know or don't already have an established relationship with it's really easy for me and that girl to focus on getting to know each other so i guess as corny as it sounds what i really wanted to tell that person who posted on Facebook was that it does get better, it just takes time. I think that my two cents about building relationships with girls, not just the girls building relationships with each other, but specifically you building a relationship with the girls, but also the girls building relationships with each other, is that it's all 100% about the amount of time they spend together. Now there are girls who are going to click right away, right, they meet and they become friends. and then they start spending more time together outside of your troop, either at school or on their own time or both. The thing about school is that people spend so much more time together at school with each other and with their teachers than they do with you as a troop leader. If you're also their teacher, then you get bonus time. But if you're not a teacher, then you see them, You know, I see my girls an hour and a half every other week for meetings. And then we do one or two events a month, and those events sometimes are huge events that take the place over, like, Friday to Sunday, and some of them are shorter. You know, it's like a quick hour-and-a-half or two-hour event on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon or something. So. And definitely in the beginning, we weren't doing overnights, we weren't doing camping weekends, so our events were much more spread out, and they were much shorter, and we were easing into it. We were all figuring out what we were doing and getting to know the process. We weren't nearly as busy as we are now. And I would say that there's kind of three factors that go into really bonding, the girls with each other and with you. One is just the sheer amount of time, the amount of time you've known them, the amount of time they've known you, the amount of times that you've demonstrated that they can count on you, that you're going to continue to show up, that you're a consistent part of their life over several years. At some point, that really counts for a lot, Um, that you consistently follow through with your word, that you are there to support them, that you're there to cheerlead for them, that you are consistently showing up and they're consistently showing up week after week after week over the course of several years. Um, eventually, that does count for a lot. So just the amount of time. It's also number of hours. I mean, the, like I said, the first year, the girl, there was one girl in particular, our top seller, who came to almost every single cookie booth. And she was her family was really good about trying to make sure that they gave other girls a chance to sign up first because they knew she was doing all the cookie booths. She would sell cookies 24-7 if she could um, during cookie season. Absolutely loves it. And especially cookie booths specifically. She loves to do them. And which is actually particularly interesting because this is a girl who doesn't typically have very high self-esteem. She's not extremely outgoing. She um, tends to take a step back with her peers and let her peers lead. But at cookie booths, man, she loves them. And I think that's such a cool thing about cookies, but that's a side tangent. Anyways. She, um, her parents were really good at letting other people sign up for cookie booths first. And then um, if there were still extra spots open or if we needed coverage for a cookie booth spot, then she would, she would come. So she came to almost all of them. And we had a relatively small troop at the time because when we went into cookie season the first year, I think we had either seven or nine girls. I think we had nine girls going into cookie season. By the end of cookie season, we had 11 because we were adding girls in the spring. And so it went up to nine, like, right before cookies, and then we added two more at the tail end. Anyways, um, so we only had about nine girls, and, and we did as many booths as we could, so she was able to really do quite quite a few of them. And um, spending, I did all of them. I, I always do. I actually love doing cookie booths also. It is a lot of work, and as many of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while know, I don't actually have any girls of my own in the True. so I tend to do all the cookie booths, and my daughter's not even there. <laughs> So, uh my my daughter is twenty, so she's not selling cookies. But anyway, I really had a chance to get to know this girl a lot quicker than many of the other girls because she was coming to all the cookie booths. It was a very small group situation, it was very focused. I didn't necessarily know details of like what was going on in her life, um, a little bit, but not you know, we weren't talking about that much at the booth. We were talking about cookies, but I got to know her personality. I got to spend that sheer amount of time with her, the sheer number of hours, and from her perspective, I was consistently showing up time over time over time over time, and it was an adult that she was spending time with that she could trust and rely on, who she was spending a number of hours with, almost like a babysitter, to be honest. She was in second grade at the time. So she and I got to know each other much quicker than I necessarily got to bond with a lot of the other girls, just because... Of her attendance she she came to everything and and particularly cookie boots over the next you know couple of years there have been different things that have allowed me to get close to different girls they're either in my car for a carpool or on a longer trip or they consistently are sitting near me or we just have a moment where we kind of talk about something a little bit more personal about their life or whatever and we sort of have a bonding moment and then that establishes this understanding whatever it is uh, maybe we split into small groups for an activity, and um, I've had a chance to get to know them in that scenario. But it's the, just the amount of time. It's the amount of time that you get to spend with the girls, and definitely splitting into small group situations does help. If you have a multi-level troop, um, doing some things together as a whole big group, but doing something split up by level is really helpful in this way. Um, I primarily work with our oldest girls, so and now that's the girls who are going into sixth grade. Um, I primarily work with those girls when we do split, but I'm very close to all the girls who are going into the sixth grade because I spend that small time, small group time with them. But we also do when we're all doing something all together as a big group, we'll still split into stations sometimes and rotate through or, you know, different girls sit at different tables or whatever. And so we create small communities within our larger community that way, too, which crosses grades. We do that with carpools as well. So anyway, so there's definitely ways like that that are going to help girls bond with each other and with you a little more easily, but mostly it's just the number of hours, the amount of time. And on the note of the number of hours, that brings me to point number two, which is overnights. The reason why overnights or late night pajama parties, if you're in progression or if your girls are not allowed to spend the night, the reason why these are so successful and like entire camping weekends or entire traveling trips are so successful in bonding is because of the number of hours. It's the number of hours you're together. So, doing these things that are going to consist of long days, you do a long day trip where you go three or four hours away, you leave early in the morning, you spend the day doing whatever, and then you spend that long three or four hours driving back. Those girls were with you and each other for so many hours that some natural bonding is going to occur. The activities you can do that are going to increase the number of hours that you're together and that your girls are together that's going to help with bonding as well. And then point number three would be doing new things, experiencing things that are completely out of their comfort zones, out of their normal, ordinary lives. These become shared experiences and shared memories that they've only had with these other girls in their troop or in their small group. When you go camping or do a sleepover, especially girls who have never done sleepovers before, they do their first ever sleepover with Girl Scouts. We actually had about half our troop that their first ever sleepover was with Girl Scouts over the past two years. And um, at this point, they've all done overnights together, which is really cool. But they, um, they've they never, you know, that's always gonna be the first sleepover, was Girl Scouts. And so the girls who were there are always gonna be the girls that they did their first sleepover with. Same with camping. If they're not camping kids from camping families, then going camping is going to put them out of their comfort zone just like it might put you out of your comfort zone and going camping and experiencing that that's going to be something new something different um and it gets them outside and it gets them out of their everyday life and they're in this like alternate universe where they get the opportunity to really bond and then there's rising to challenges too like Maybe you take them to new places. Maybe they try an actual challenge course or a ropes course or a zip line or any kind of other uh, extreme girl scouting activities, kayaking, canoeing, horseback riding, archery, these things that they're just not doing for the most part in their everyday life. Of course, there are girls who ride horses in their everyday life, but um, not all of them, right? So... It's things like that that are getting girls to experience brand new things, and then they share this experience with each other. Now, it's not just high adventure either. This goes for girls of all ages. Bronze Award was one of the big ones for my oldest girls. Doing the Bronze Award together really established a sense of community with my rising sixth graders that did not previously exist. The shared experience that they accomplished this together, they came up with the idea together They did the entire planning and research and everything together, and then they implemented their project together. And so they got to see the outcome. And then they all got celebrated together as a group. And that definitely established and created a sense of unity and a level of bonding among those girls that was specific to only those girls who had been part of that project. Now, it's not just bronze award specific, though. It's take action projects in general, and anything you're doing that is truly girl led from start to finish and that's why girl led can be so powerful but it's all the factors right it's girl led it's learning by doing and it's cooperative learning all at the same time that's why take action projects and specifically the high awards the bronze silver and gold are so powerful and effective with establishing the girl scout outcomes right and if you need a little crash course on that i'll link to um my gsle episodes in the description as well But I definitely recommend you go back and listen if you're not super familiar with um, my GSLE episodes. But basically, these are the three most important um, methods that girls should be doing activities in Girl Scouting because they're the key indicators that ensure that girls are getting the outcome or the impact of being in Girl Scouts. And it's cooperative learning. So working as a team, right? It's learning by doing. So um, actually implementing these ideas and then and being the ones who are like tactilely hands-on involved in it and then girl led which means it was their ideas it was their decision making etc so it's all three of those things going into high awards and so if you can implement that also in take action projects so you're not telling them necessarily this is the take action project we're doing but you're giving them the opportunities to make decisions together you're giving them the opportunities to really go on this experience of accomplishing this together from start to finish and seeing the change that they created themselves um, in the end that's going to bring together a level of bonding because of a shared experience that is a new experience that is a challenge you know that's going to, um, accomplish those outcomes. And they're also going to feel more bonded to you if you were the volunteer who was leading them through it. And I'm going to do, I have talked about this quite a bit and I'm going to continue to talk about it, but as far as girl led and girls making decisions versus adults making decisions, I'm just going to add this bit that, especially depending on the age of your girls, but for any age, it's still okay for you to make some decisions or for you to, um, guide them on a specific path, as long as you do also incorporate some girl leadership into it. So I've seen good examples where maybe you give the girls choices, like we can do A, B, or C. You guys um, choose. And in letting them choose, maybe let them talk about, if we do project A, it's gonna cost this in money, it's gonna cost this in time, what supplies are we gonna need? What would go into it? If we choose B, same question, how much is it going to cost? Time-wise, supply-wise, etc. Like what what is going to go into this? And if we choose C, like, again, what is what is the cost involved? How much time is it going to take? And and also I have them explore why. Why would we do any of these? What why is A important? What would what what change would be brought about by doing A? What kind of impact would we have? And, and ask that about B and C as well individually and let them discuss that and, and explore that on their own. You don't tell them, you let them explore it, right? And you ask them guiding questions and then you let them make the decision between A, B or C. That's a really good example of it still being super girl led, super hands on, super cooperative, but you're still also being a leader too. And that's okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the girls are going to pick what they want to do out of the ether. Like, they're just going to come up with whatever. Um, it's And it could mean that. Maybe the girls do know out of nothing. Um, and that's how it was for bronze for me. Uh, with my rising sixth graders, I had come to our initial bronze conversation with a list of ideas. I didn't tell them I had it, but I had it sort of on my clipboard with my other notes about the bronze award. And I sort of had it there so I could, like, figuratively pull it out of my back pocket if they needed ideas or guidance um, or to get the ball rolling on on coming up with their own ideas. And they didn't even need it. They could come up with um, issues in their community and ideas of how to contribute to solving or lessening the burden of those issues all on their own. They didn't need me to have a list. So it truly you can just play it by ear, see how it goes. It's still very girl-led, and it's still very hands-on, and it's still very cooperative. And if you're accomplishing those three methods, as I always bring everything back to GSLE because I believe in it so big, I am drinking the Kool-Aid, big time. Anyways, um, if you're doing those three methods, the girls are going to bond. But it's really looking back on is it girl-led, is it cooperative, and is it hands-on? And then if it is, it's just going to take time, man. It's just going to take time. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, I know that my episodes have been seriously lackluster lately. I have so many ideas for episodes, and I think I just sort of fell out of it. I am going to get back to this. I'm not done with this podcast. I'm going to get more consistent again at the very least once school starts back up. I promise you it will be consistent again at least once a week. Um, because I love it and because I think that is important and, um, I just kind of needed a break. I think we're all entitled to that. So with that being said as well, if you have need for a break, take one, you should definitely take one. Um, you deserve it. You know, it's a lot of work and and we're volunteers. That's the truth. So sometimes we need breaks and if that prevents us from long-term burnout, good so keep it up you're doing great stuff and i promise to get you more episodes i actually literally have some um phraseology recorded i just need to edit them but i will do it again i am going to do it i've been revamping the whole website i'm working on a youtube channel i'm doing all kinds of cool stuff for this podcast so i haven't finished the website well i mean the website's never going to be finished the website's not quite uh where I want it to be just yet, but you can go ahead and check it out. It's buildinggirlsofcourage.com, buildinggirlsofcourage.com. And if you go there right now, it has all the the episodes on it, and they're sorted by category. Um, I'm going to put all my resources and downloads and things like that on there as well. And now, like I said, I'm also working on establishing a YouTube channel, and that is also going to be added there with time as well. I think I'll also do some blog posts there that aren't necessarily episodes as well as some handouts there that aren't necessarily episodes. I'm also going to have opportunities for you to submit questions or commentary on the website as well. So that's another way to engage with each other. And I really, really want to put voice messages on there so you could leave a question or a voice message. Um, and then I could use the actual audio for the podcast. So that's all in the process and working on it for now. I am, um, just recording. I'm just putting, um, the episodes. So all the episodes are on there. They're all listed with all the links to the different pages and, um, they're categorized and everything like that. So you can check it out for now. I will be adding to it and updating it. So go ahead and bookmark that. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be notified when I have new episodes. And when I'm consistent and I'm releasing them all the time, that's probably less of a big deal. But when it's one a week or one a month or two a month or something a little bit less frequent, then it's probably going to be way more helpful if you go ahead and subscribe so that you know when a new episode is out. Okay, I hope you guys are having a great summer hope that you're beating the heat but also enjoying outdoorsy weather if you're in a place where you can be outdoors in the summer i'm not <laughs> and yeah if you have any questions or comments please feel free to reach out to me and as always i would love to tell your story if you want to come on and do an interview with me or if your collier does or if your girls do or whatever please reach out girl scout podcast at gmail.com okay i'll talk to you guys soon Bye. that's all for today's episode We want to tell your story, too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.